You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Baptist and Pleasant Green Road. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Now, here's our pastor with this week's sermon. So if, if you go out into the foyer right outside the, the doors of the sanctuary, there is a case that's got some of the books that contain the minutes of different times, different periods of our church history. And so if you go out there and you have a, a copy of it in your bulletin this morning, on the left-hand side, on the inside, it's the first two pages of the book that is in the middle. And um, those first two pages represent October 24th, 1895, and it's where a group of people got together for the very first meeting of this church. And then on that Sunday, there were several that joined by baptism, came forward to be um, to join by baptism, and um, that, so that would have been the 27th of October, and among them is actually a familiar name to us. Um, it, would, it was a Riley name. And so um, if you were to look at that, it's just two, three pages in, there is a Riley listed there. And you go, well, that sounds right. Well, it's because they are connected. And so there are, there are folks, and, and you could go through the books. Now I want to tell you that not everything in those books is something you would say, "Woo, yeah, that is good, because there's some scandalous things in there. And you don't have to go very far into our history as a church to realize that they, they exercise church discipline. And well, what that means is they, they kind of looked at folks' lives and said, this, these folks are not living up to what the Bible says, and then they would take action. And it was kind of interesting to look at that. And we won't talk about those names, because some of those names may be represented in here as well. Um, all I know is that I found, I found some familiar people, or, or at least um, familiar family names in those books. And, uh, and it was interesting to read some of it. It was interesting just the way they wrote it. Because in those books represents kind of our DNA as a church. Uh, how did we start and how did we function? It's, it's the same kind of thing only for a church that you would do if you went on Ancestry.com and started doing all those things. Where did I come from? What was my makeup? And, uh, and starting to understand things about who you are and what you're about and, and, and what your ancestors did. Um, how many of you have ever seen the movie Hitch? Raise your hand. You don't have to be embarrassed by it. You, you remember the scene where, where Hitch takes the girl over to Ellis Island and they look in the case and he's got it arranged where they could find her ancestor that came over and she looks at it and then all of a sudden she just starts screaming? You remember that scene? Because why? Because that was part of her ancestry and he thought that he cut up meat, but he was a butcher, like a murderer. And she just went nuts because she was trying to erase that from her past. Well, for a church, minutes like we have out here kind of show us where we came from. And some of it is good. And I'm not even talking about the, the discipline part, because that may have been just, that may have been good, really. So I don't, I don't want to say, oh, that's the bad part. No, there's probably other stuff that's worse. But that represents our history. And yet, history is just part. 
You see, there are events or seasons or phases in, in life as we look over a period of time that we say changed history. I want to throw some things on the, on the screen. Actually, Isaac's going to throw some things on the screen. And um, so here's, here's a couple. The, does anybody recognize what the top left is? So it's a little bit hard to see. Gutenberg Press, yeah, the printing press. Okay, the one on the bottom right. That's a little harder. It's, it's Lenin, Bolshevik, Re, uh, Bolshevik Revolution. And so, so Lenin, okay, next one. Let's put the next one up. Sort of recognize the top left? Pearl Harbor, yeah. And then the bottom right is what? Mr. Gorbachev, Gorbachev, tear this wall down, right? And we recognize that. And many of us were living during that period of time. And we remember when that took place. And then the, this next one. See, events and seasons can change history. And you think about the things that have changed just since 9-11. I was on a plane the summer after 9-11, with a mission trip to out west. And you can take that off the screen. Um, but I, I went out west, and we gathered our, our student ministry group, and we were going to Bremerton, Washington. And I remember getting on the plane and reading the riot act to the students before we got on. I said, look, you don't take anything on that plane that shouldn't be on that plane. You don't say anything that puts you in a strange light in front of the, the TSA and, and all the security. Because at that point, we were only six months removed or so, uh, not nine months removed from 9-11. And so things were pretty tight. Well, we got all the way to Bremerton, Washington. We didn't have any issues. We get ready to come back. And I went and returned to van, parked, and came back to the airport. And two of my adult workers were standing there waiting on me. And they said, we just want to let you know that somebody had something they weren't supposed to have when they went through security. I'm like, great. This is perfect. Great way to end a week. And um, so, so in my mind, I'm going through all this, this scenario of what's going to happen now. And they said, and before you get really, really upset, it was your son. <laughs> I went, that's even better. And so we, we get through, and uh, what he did, he had a backpack. Um, and some of you guys have backpacks this morning and what he did is he had all his stuff packed in there and he had a hammer in the bottom of it and so he made it to security well and that was fine so I come through security we get all the way to the gate I'm planning on going through my backpack to unload all the papers I don't need anymore and because there's no reason to carry them on the plane so I'm going through all my stuff I get to the bottom of my bag and I find something now I'm oh, nice um, I had a box cutter. Yeah, ooh, is right. And so, so I, I saw it and I was like, oh, nuts. This is not good. And so I took my whole backpack and walked really slowly up to the desk where there were some people from the airline standing there. And I said, look, I have something in my bag, which is maybe not the brightest way to start that conversation, <laughs> that I'm not supposed to have. And I really want to give it to you um, I know that I'm not supposed to have it, and I don't want to carry it because we still had to transfer planes in another place. And 
so I, I, they were like, what is it? And I, I was like, I'm going to pull it out very slowly, and I'm going to hand it to you, okay? So, I mean, it just made, it made me nervous to even have it in my possession. And so I pulled it out, gave it to them, and then their first question was, what line did you come through in security, sir? And I was like, I think I know. And I tried to explain who it was and all this stuff, and then they just took off. And I went, yeah, you take off that way. Let me get on this plane. I want to get out of here. And, and it was just one of those things. And it was, a, it was a season in the life of our country where things changed because of one event. One day. And so whether it was at the Pentagon, whether it was in Shanksville, or whether it was in New York, that one day changed a lot of things. And I would say that same thing is true about the life and ministry, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus as any of those. It changed history, and it really changed our history. It changed why we gather. See, we could gather as a club, and we talked about that Last week, we could gather as a club, but that's not the same as gathering as a church family. Gathering as the body of Christ. You've gone through different things that have changed your life. Maybe it was moving. For me, between 10th and 11th grade, we moved twice. I moved from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Cleveland, Ohio. Now, I want to tell you, when you move from Pittsburgh to Cleveland, there is a culture difference. You may not think, well, they're not that far away. You're right, they're not that far away. But one has the Steelers and one has the Browns. There is a culture difference. You understand? So, so I had to get used to a whole lot of different things when I moved to Cleveland. And seven months later, we moved to southwest Florida, where every, all the water smelled like sulfur, and there was sand everywhere. And it was a culture change. It changed the way that I thought about things. The way I looked at life, it changed my friends. And for you, if we were to go, to go around the room and say, what events have happened in your life that have changed you, have affected you? Just a couple weeks ago, we heard from Jerry, who had an experience where he basically died. And, and somebody, there was a group of folks that, that helped him along, and he made it to the hospital, and he's living and breathing today. And it's a good thing. Out of that, he gets to share different places about his experience and how God protected him during that. And so we all, we all could come up with things that have happened in our life that have changed us. The biggest change that we could go through is looking and say, what does it mean to to give my life to Christ, and what difference has that made in me? So I want to look at three things this morning. Some of them are related to our church in 124 years, but some of them go forward from here. Because if we only look back, we would wreck. It's true in a car. It's true in a church. If you only look back, you will wreck. And so I want to look at three areas. The first one is heritage. Heritage. In 1 Chronicles 16, we have this, this record of David and them bringing the ark back to the city. And, and right at the, the end of, in the first six, seven verses, we have this return of the ark to the city of David. And it's that, it's that period where David has already danced and, and danced unashamedly 
as the, in celebration of what God has done. And then we get to, to chapter 16, starting at verse 8, and he says this, it's a psalm of thanksgiving. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Speak of all His wonders. I mean, that's a big thing. That is a directive from David. Just remembering, this is God has done some great things. It's time for us to shout and sing. And just on a side note, that when we worship together in here, what floods our minds ought to be what God has done in our life and allowing that to flow to how we express that outwardly. And so this, this idea, and I am not, an, and you guys know this, I am not like super outgoing at all. And, and there, there are times when we can kind of get kind of get bound up in, okay, what does everybody else think? And I can get in that same mode. But, but when we worship God, it ought to be about God, not the person next to us. And so David is, is shouting, he says, Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, speak of all His wonders. Verse 10, glory in His holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Verse 11, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. And this word, remember. Remember His wonderful deeds which He has done, His marvels and the judgments from His mouth. When, when we think about that word remember, as we look at her, the idea of heritage, we think about the word remember, what does that mean? Does that mean that we go through this mental exercise uh, and it's just that? Where we go, well, I think I'm just going to, Sit back and contemplate this. That's not what David has in mind. This idea of remembering was, hey, let's look and see what God did, and then let's shout it, because what God has done is a magnificent work among His people. We hold that in. When you think about 124 years, there are a lot of things that have happened since then. Um, you know, my kids probably vaguely remember vaguely remember early cell phones but but if you've been around for a little while you remember bag phones you've been around a little longer you remember pay phones and you remember pay phones when they were a dime i re, i remember leaving the house and my parents putting a dime in my pocket and saying if something happens find a pay phone and call us so that they could get on their phone in their house that was attached with a cord, which meant they could only go to the other end of the kitchen. Max. And so if you were stuck in another area of the house, you just didn't answer your phone. And so a lot of things have happened in 124 years. Uh, I'm, I want to talk about just a couple, just so you kind of get a, a grasp of how long and what things have happened. America the Beautiful was published in 1895. Um, the electric generator at Niagara Falls produced its first energy in 1895. And the first pineapple shipment came from Hawaii that same year. Now, it probably began in 1893 and it made it here by 1895, but... <laughs> 
It's kind of the way it worked, right? So in 1895, this church was constituted. They called their first pastor. Land was purchased. And you're going to love this. And I, I really don't know, really know how much land, and I'm sure there's some, some in here that could probably answer this. You know, the first piece of land was purchased for a grand total of $15. Awesome, huh? You know, where, yeah, it kind of almost makes you want to sing like with, with Edith Bunker. Those were the days, right? Um, you can't get land for $15. You can't, you can't go to McDonald's for $15. And so, but land, 15 bucks. And then in 1980, the church extended the call to Pastor Toby Stone. In 97, Pastor Toby retired. They called Pastor Earl. And so, the of 10 years of pastoral staff here has been awesome. When you start looking at that and you're going, okay, 38 years... 37 years, 38 years of just two pastors is a, a tremendous testimony about a church, about its constitution. And I'm not talking about like the bylaws part of a church. What I'm talking about is the people that make up the church. Because it, it really doesn't matter. Every church goes through seasons that are good and they go through seasons that are difficult. And for a pastor to stay that long just speaks to the constitution of the people to stay with it and lift up God and lift up the name of Jesus in a community. So we've had a long history of that. And we can look at buildings around us. We can look at this building. We can look at this, the, the old sanctuary, what is now the education building. We can look at the Family Life Center and you will go there right after this, to enjoy a meal. We could look at all those things, but regardless, tenures or buildings, they do not give us, they are indicators, but they do not give us the total picture of what God has been up to since 1895. See, God has been up to so much more, and it's a result of His magnificent grace that we even exist as a church. You realize we are older than some countries. Kind of, that's just strange, isn't it? The gospel from here was placed here to reach the adjacent community. And so there was a group of people that got together and said, this community needs to hear about Christ. It was the heart of the people that led this church to be established in 1895, to buy the north property and Master's Garden to be established just a mile up the road. In fact, what I'd like to do, just for a second, is if you've either gone to Master's Garden, worked at Master's Garden, or have any affiliation with Master's Garden in the North Campus, would you stand? All right, so look around. Because there are well over 100 children up there now, which means there's there's an incredible amount of influence that is taking place. You, can, you may be seated. I read an article this morning. Uh, well, it was really an advertisement for something. And, I, and as I was reading that, it was, it was the idea of some sort of education regarding, regarding sexual educa sex education. 
for those in 7th through ninth grade. And as I looked a little bit further into it, realized that it would probably be 180 degrees from what the Bible would say about that. And so it just made me wonder, if that is taking place, how much more important is the work that Master's Garden is doing at a younger age to set the foundation for following God and having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? I mean, that is a a tremendous ministry there. And so 124 years, and that's just a piece. There are a lot of different things. We could talk about crosslink. We could talk about a lot of things in our heritage. But we can't stay there. So the next piece is just, where are we at today? Just in in homecoming. And so as we take a a glance, a look in the rearview mirror, maybe stop by the case or or talk about what, what this church, has been like for the 124 years and all that has taken place we can't help but wonder god what are you doing today look at look at romans chapter 15 or 5 and 6 because we're celebrating today what is happening and i'm going to give you a chance here in just a moment to do something that's a little different for a sunday morning romans 15 5 and 6 says this now may the god who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Jesus Christ, or according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word voice is a pretty interesting word. The Greek word is stoma. And the the meaning really comes out of a word that is used to talk about the edge of a sword. That's that's the the base of it. So when you think about your voice being the edge of a sword, we have to be very careful about how our voice is used. And yet Paul in this, when he's talking to the Roman church, says we are to be of one mind and one accord as we use that voice. And so it kind of puts that that responsibility on us to step back and say, how are we going to use our voice to to show the world who Jesus is? To be the people of God. Because that, that word glorify, one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ means that we should praise and extol Him greatly out of our mouth that has great influence. So I want to ask you a question. And this is the, the question, and you're going, why are there microphones in the, in the aisles? This is it right here. I want to ask you this question. What difference has Ebenezer Baptist Church made in your life? What difference has this church made in your life? Now, I want to, to before we start sharing for just a moment, is I want to remind you that it is God at work. It's not not the church building. It's God. So I want to take a few moments and and just open these mics up for you to share what EBC has meant to you in your life. Thank you for listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church. We welcome you to join us next Sunday at 1030 a.m. for our weekly worship service. 